listen. Sorry, people didn't get your story. But basically, the the summary is move to a place having thoughts. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm moving to a place where I don't really, I basically knew zero people. Um, I, I have one friend down here, but she became a hermit for the last three months. So I haven't really seen her. Fair enough. Um, I mean, this is such a good uh, awareness of like your thoughts create the reality, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, you had no experience with this place before. Right. And and now you're here and you're like, hey, what what I was thinking when I had no experience with it is different than what I'm thinking now that I have some experience with it. Right. Um, And just, you know, starting that awareness of like, is it the place or is it the thoughts about the place? to add like the extra pain, right? Like yeah. facts about crime, facts about real estate, all facts, but then that added like judgment of it's not how I wanted it to be mm-hmm. is like the added pain on top of it. Yeah. Um, what it, what's your thoughts about, um, I, mean, I, I really picked up on that kind of feeling jumpy as like yeah. something we might want to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to dig into the jumpiness part about walking around or are, are you thinking, or should we kind of focus still more on like, wait, how, how do you know it's my thoughts that are creating my pain? <laughs> Where do you want to go with this? Oh, good question. Because I, I know there is like a lot of objective stuff. So sometimes I feel justified in what I'm thinking. Um, hmm. Maybe, maybe the thoughts part, because I, you know, I, as an adult, you know, by nature of medical training, you know, having to have moved around a lot, I find that I settle in pretty well. So it's a little surprising to me that after a few months, I don't feel more settled here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Um, what, what do you think is making you feel not settled? Um, well, all the, so I've lived in five different big cities, basically, since graduating college, I always felt super safe, you know, being a doctor, coming home at 3am, you know, um, walking around the streets. I remember when like COVID first happened, the city I was living in before was so hot that I used to go for walks at 11pm. And the only thing I was concerned about was the cops ticketing me for like breaking the quarantine um, curfew. But here, um, you know, you cannot even leave like a plastic bag in your car because there are so many car break-ins no matter where you live, even if you live like in a nice part of town, same thing. Um, I like to go for a walk when I come home from work and inevitably every single day, because it's dark, right? When I come home, every single day I'm walking and thinking I really should not be walking by myself right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of questionable people out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like other places I've lived, it's so, I mean, there's like a million people out. And I never felt unsafe. Um, so I think that's one thing that's, um, making it hard for me to settle down. Um, additionally, two weeks after I moved in, there was like a shooting in my apartment building and we were on lockdown. I couldn't go to work. So it's just like, I feel like that crime is actually an objective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't have the culture it did here. I'm cold and like, I hate being cold. I know it sounds so silly, but I feel like, you know, I've worked so hard and like trained in all these different places because the computer told me where to go. And now I just want to be like nice and warm living somewhere. Um, and I don't know, like everyone here that I've met is a transplant like me. 
but also no one else knows what to do if that makes sense. There's not like a transplant, you know, even the transplants I've met that have been here for two years, three years, don't know, oh, where like the good places are, or the culture, like, you know, the kind of secrets of the city that you may not know as an outsider. Um, so I think all those things are combining and making it hard for me to sort of settle in down here. Yeah, well, and totally in COVID, right? Like, I know, and an, I extra, an extra layer of like everything. Right, right. I mean, you know, for like six weeks, we were all locked in our, you know, houses and apartments during Christmas time this year. So that definitely makes it challenging. Yeah, absolutely. How do you want to feel? Um, I want to feel excited that I'm living somewhere new. And I want to feel that I made the right decision coming here. I mean, it's not going to be like the cities I lived in before. Those were like amazing. And, you know, those two are very unique places. It's not going to be like that, but I just want to be excited for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and also, um, because I've done the three cities in three years things with COVID and like job changes and stuff, I'm trying to find a home. And so I'm trying to convince myself, like, you need to just stay here. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to get up and move again type of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What would you need to be thinking in order to create the feeling of excitement? Um... I think I need to be thinking, okay, this is a new place for you to explore. Yeah, and, and that's a, a feeling of excitement. But I think, you know, when we talk about unintentional models versus intentional models, right? Yeah. And so that was just like a jump. That was like, hey, if I wanna feel excited, this is what feeling excited, I have to think this to feel excited. Yeah. Right. But just appreciating kind of where you are helps bring awareness to like why you're not super excited right now. Mm -hmm. right is like right. Okay. well I just keep reading about all these things and then I see these other people who've been here and they're not you know feeling super adjusted either and yeah. then my thoughts for when I'm walking like all that's like no wonder why you're not feeling excited right about it um so it's just kind of that that awareness of like how you choose to view a place settles mm -hmm. in of like hey this is kind of how I feel about this place you know, it's like what we, what we focus on is what our brain finds evidence for right? so much of the time. And like the, the whole walking and feeling unsafe thing, I think I, there, I agree. There's like the objective, like I can quote you the crime and I can tell you that it's not as well lit. And I can tell you there's not a lot of other people like all that, but it's like, you could have hypothetically speaking, been very unsafe and not known about it in your other place. Probably. Like, so I, mean, much I, don't, I don't think people should do what I was doing in my other places, but I did them and it was fine. <laughs> right. But there, I mean, there's some part of like being naive and young and like feeling invincible. And we're like, man, I used to bike home from my bartending thing at 2 a.m. in Minneapolis yeah. in the 90s. Like, right. I would never do that now, but it's because I have so much more knowledge of like right. how things are. Yeah. But, and just, you know, in tricking ourselves to, to be like, well, the past was so idyllic and it was so wonderful. Right. I was like, well, there's probably some crap about the past too. Right, right. Right. And like, we, we kind of beat up our current situation by idealizing the past. Yeah. And just knowing, knowing we did, we are doing that. Um, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I think what made the most immediate past place I lived so great is um, even though I was there for training and up staying there to work um, for a job as well is that I had immediately like fallen into this group that was like already established and they adopted me into their friendship group. And it's like so great and whatever. And I was like, oh, maybe someone will adopt me here. But um, I think the truth is with COVID that, you know, those experiences are very different now. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's so good to know, right? Yeah. Because you're like, maybe it wasn't the place, maybe it was the people. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it was both, but I feel like the people definitely made it what it was. Yeah. And, and just realizing like our barriers to that. I mean, I know that for instance, the new doctors in our town, they're mm-hmm. having a completely different experience than me when I moved here 10 years ago. Right. Right. They're like, I, we feel alone because mm-hmm. we, we haven't been, nobody's been able to welcome them. Right. 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 And so like, there's certainly, there's a part of that of like, maybe what we're, you know, maybe it's not the town, but it's the lack of connection. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think if I were to get a community here and I know like I just moved a few months ago and I should be patient, but you know, I'm definitely not patient. Um, I would think if I were to find- No, surgeons are doers. I know, right? So I feel like if I found, you know, had a community here or if, you know, some of my friends had not gotten up and left and taken other jobs in other cities, you know, in between me signing the job and moving, I probably would have felt very different about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I think it's such importance to like, look at, at the energy too, of like, I don't feel connected. So I tend to withdraw Okay. versus I want to be connected. So I go out and I seek. That's really good point. Yeah. Right. And like where you are in that energy of like, people are leaving and it's more violent than I thought. And plus there's COVID and I'm withdrawing and I don't feel connected. Yeah. Versus like connections, what makes me feel at home in a place mm-hmm. and using it to like, to create the, the result of seeking that out. And just know those are two very different energies. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I think that definitely makes sense. I think the other challenges now, I mean, cause when you're in training, it's like, oh, that's so cute. You're like the resident or the fellow and you're, you know, just going out and meeting people. I will say it's like a little embarrassing to be single in your mid thirties and be a full blown attending. And like everyone I meet here is 10 years younger than me. It's like a very young city. And so I almost feel like, Oh, I should have more of a life, but you know, like the only person I'm meeting is like my 26 year old neighbor, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's a blessing in disguise, right? Cause you could be in a situation where like everybody here is 75. Oh no. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I, <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like, you know, realizing the community is what you, it's our feelings about it. Right. And that's like, was such a trip for me in the whole coaching thing of like your relationship with people is your thoughts and feelings about those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that's what it, we all think it's like everybody else, like, why won't anybody else come and find me and rescue me and bring me in? Right. But yeah. it's such a passive way of living. Instead of like, maybe these 26 year olds can really teach me something. Maybe they know where all the restaurants are. Right. Right. Maybe they know this like super hot single person that I should meet. (laughs) Right. Right. But it's like very different. So I would just be like, play with your energy and like realize like when you are in with that withdrawn and like that won't get you to that, that seeking energy. Yeah. I will say actually the only good thing about the shooting, so it was obviously very tragic, is it actually forced me to meet my neighbors because we had, um, you know, like the whole building was flooded and there were no elevators. And I was like, hey, how do you walk your dog going down like 25 flights? Um, so I have met people that way. I just, um, usually I, in the past, I've met people, you know, through other organizations like Meetup and stuff. But again, sometimes one with COVID and two with being, you know, a surgeon in my mid thirties, I kind of feel odd going out and meeting people because i meeting people in that sense because I've met some real weirdos <laughs> going through you know those like online meetup type things um yeah. so I feel like I have been seeking the best I can given the current situation but you know I would like it to feel home 
sooner. Um, and speaking of like, I have met a guy over here that I've been going out with, but even though he's been here for two years, he also knows nothing. It's like literally the blind leading the blind. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, you know, just looking at like your, your expectations of like other people should know more than me. Yeah. Right. And that how that kind of maybe makes you feel kind of like desperate or down or like bummed, like mm -hmm. that other people should be the ones Yeah. versus like, ah, you have a great opportunity for you to be the one. Yeah. And for you to like find the other people and bring them in and basically like creating what you want to have already existed mm -hmm. is, is it's just such a more like empowered way instead of like, why doesn't this exist? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I got really spoiled at my last place. It was so easy. And then, you know, when you're moving around for training, you inherently have a group um, just by training. I had read an article a few years ago by a surgeon who moved cross country and she said, you know, as an attending and she said, I never knew how lonely it would be just not having like a group already built in for you when you move somewhere. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, we've been put in all these groups, right? Like med school, how easy it is to bound with people that you're doing anatomy lab with. Right. right yeah. And then you're like in residence and how easy it is to bond with people when you're interns together. Mm hmm. And like, we kind of just get put into these groups and we're like, well, it's so easy because we have this unified experience. And then this like strange world of adulthood. Yeah. And we're like, oh, I don't, I don't have that, that bonding group thing. It absolutely can make it more challenging. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty extroverted. So I have a very easy time meeting, making friends, meeting people, like doesn't matter where I am in life. So this is very odd to me that, oh, I've been here for a few months and like, I have some acquaintances, but not really a community. And therefore, you know, due to various reasons, don't really feel like I'm at home. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think the other thing as far as like just awareness of it is like paying attention to how much you want it to be different than how it is. Yeah. Right. Which just kind of adds that extra like backpack of bricks on it of like, instead of like, this is how it is net right now. And this is why it's challenging. And oh, isn't it curious that I want to change reality by like rushing through all of this? Just as like, it's an extra like 10 pounds on your back instead of being like, oh, this is how it is right now. I don't love it. But me kind of like rushing and like resisting the present to like get to that not real future. Because that real future doesn't exist unless you create it. Yeah. Right. But we always think like it's going to be better there. It's going to be better there. I know. I Which is, that's just what brains do. That, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not like a personality flaw. That's just like a, a, a brain programming condition. A rival fallacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Of like, this is bad. It's going to be good there. But then realizing like, there's no there there ever. Right? Like, that's just what you're, that's what you're going to create is what's there. Which again, puts you in such a, a more empowered place of like, I, I, I want it to be there. So I got to create it because it doesn't actually exist. There is mm -hmm. actually no there there. Yeah. Which is trippy. Right. I know. I, I definitely feel like COVID makes it challenging because, you know, and you know, I got my booster before I moved here. And then in early December before Omicron was really a thing, I was like, I'm going to go and have fun. And then I got a breakthrough infection and I have some underlying medical conditions that make COVID challenging. And I was like, see, I went to go have fun once. I went to like a crowded bar and went dancing and then I got COVID. So now I'm not allowed to like go out and have fun. Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously there's that extra 
layer there that certainly, you know, because everyone tells me that pre-COVID, this was a much different place. Um, it was a lot safer. It was just like a lot better place to live. People were not like running out of the city into the suburbs type of thing. So yeah, um, I think that's just the extra challenge added on to moving, you know, long distance to a new place where you know no one. Totally. I mean, I, and I would say like, that's probably, again, I, I'm not a statistician, but that's probably how it is everywhere. Yes. Yes. Even again, though- there's no like perfect, there's no like perfect COVID utopia that we're all yeah. like secretly need to be informed of so we can go there. Yeah. <laughs> like it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe it's not just the city that you're in, which only allows more compassion for the city you're in. Yeah. Right. Of like all cities are going through this right now. Mm-hmm. And again, that resistance of like, it should be different. We shouldn't have had COVID. So this shit doesn't happen right now. Like it's just that resisting reality. Yeah. Extra 10 pounds on your back. Yeah. So basically I need to, I guess, have more of the mindset. Okay. Hey, I'll just have to, since, you know, it's blind leading the blind, I'll have to be the leader of the blind people and just kind of get us all together. Um, you know, type of community. You just, you know, what, what, what are the other options? You sitting around in a COVID world waiting for people to come and save you. Right. Which you could try, but it's a pretty passive way to live. Yeah, it hasn't worked, so. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you're just giving everybody else the power over what you, how your life is being lived. Yeah. Right. Like all those other people, they might be waiting for you to come and like discover stuff. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, I had a person who actually, or actually no, his, uh, his daughter saw me, but he um, is a doctor as well. And he grew up in the town right next to me. And he was talking about how it's such a great place to live here. He's been here for 25 years. He could never go back to where, you know, we grew up and whatever. And I was like, see, I want that. I want to just have that nice attitude where, okay, I've lived in all these places, time to pick a home and like not be a little orphan, like running around to different places anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and just paying attention to like how you are, you create that right? Like you create that with your, your actions and your thoughts. And it's like, whenever, whenever we go back to like, man, fellowship was the best because that was the best. Like whenever we kind of comparisonitis, there's no upside to doing that when you're trying to create a home in your present place. Okay. And like, you know, well, it's better over there. This place is deficient because of X, Y, and Z. None of that will make you feel like grounded and at home and like happy where you are. Okay. So it's just, I mean, it's just good to know when your brain does that because our brain, our brain just wants to like not burn a lot of calories and, and have easy things to think about. Right. The brain's really good at telling you like how great it was. Yeah. That's fine. It, except for when it's limiting you from like, you want to create a current place. Right. Right. And then be like, mm-hmm. well, thinking about how great residency was doesn't always help. Right. Good thing residency wasn't that great, but yeah, I get the point. <laughs> Good thing that sucked. So it's easier now. Yeah. <laughs> I get your point. So um, so based on all this, do you think it's just it would be more helpful if I sort of had these um like general attitudes about okay, it's not the old, the past or whatever, or is it kind of better to just have one sort of thought, you know, like intentional thought to sort of repeat whenever I'm kind of going down the, oh, why does anyone want to live here? This place sucks type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think I always think the first step is just awareness. 
of like okay. what you're doing, why you're, you know, are you thinking it? And you don't even have, like, people want to be all like meta on it. They're like, why am I thinking this? It's like, it doesn't really matter. Your brain's just doing that. The question is, is it helping you or is it limiting you? Okay. Right. Cause we'll get stuck on like, and that's like the therapy stuff. Like, let's analyze why you're thinking these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, your brain just offers up thoughts all the time. Yeah. Like thousands of them. And we latch onto some of them. Right. And they're either useful or they're not useful. Okay. Really that kind of the explore, like what does community mean to you? What, do, how do you feel connected? And like being like, oh, maybe it's not a place. Maybe it's the people. Yeah, no, that's it's, for sure. And cause then you can stop beating up the place for okay. not giving you, the, you know, what you need. Okay. Um, and just being like, I want to be intentional about this. I'm in this place. It's going to be for at least two years. Cause I got to get my boards. Mm-hmm. Feeling connected to me means X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And like, you know, you can actually kind of like, then you're like, oh my God, I'm in control and of creating what I want. It's just such a more empowered place to be instead of like, well, maybe somebody will call if I run into them in the hallway and they're, they're looking for a friend and I'm exaggerating, yeah. right, but like, right. you know, just realizing like, am I empowered? Is this, is this useful? Or is this me kind of saying like, I'm fighting with the reality of what this is right now? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I'm going to try to sort of keep those thoughts in mind. Um, and the good news is when I go to these meetups, I make up a fake job anyway. So if I meet anyone weird, they don't need to know what I am right away. Totally. Yeah. Like, like one of the head coaches she's dating right now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can't find the perfect person by just sitting around wishing you that the perfect person showed up. Yeah. Like you literally have to just go out and be like, nope, not you. Nope, not you. (laughs) You have to like allow it to happen. Yeah. To to get to the point where you're like, wow, I, I, I actually found three people and two of them don't seem super weird. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Versus like, why won't, why won't, you know, the sense of community happen? It's like, it is literally what you, you create. Yeah. Okay. Which is cool. It's not the crime rate. It's not the weather. It's not the blah, blah, blah. It's literally like what you want to do. Right. You find awesome people, go vacation in warmer places. I know, (laughs) right? It's actually funny because some of my friends in the old place I used to live, they all, they used to live here about, I would say like half the group. And I asked one of them, I said, why'd you move? And she said, I was tired of going on vacation all the time. And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh man, I totally get it. (laughs) but that's okay. Totally. I, I mean, I think you got this. I would, awareness okay. is, is all of it. And just be like, are you beating yourself up? Are you carrying an extra 10 pounds? Yeah. And I mean, you've already got, you've already got so much going for you. Like mm-hmm. you're outgoing, you're curious, you, yeah. you know, you have to be there for two years. So it's like, right. how do you want to spend two years? Yeah. Creating a place that you maybe don't want to leave. Right. Or, or creating a place that you absolutely know you want to leave. What would be more fun? Yeah. And knowing, knowing it's all, it's, it's all just your choice. You have all the power. Right. Okay. I'll definitely, um, you know, sort of keep those thoughts in mind. Awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. play with it and see how it goes yeah. and bring it back. Okay. Be like, I tried this and I think I failed horribly. Yeah. <laughs> <Help>. <laughs> um, nobody yeah. else is on this call. So if you have oh. anything else, let's oh, amazing. otherwise I'll probably just hang up when you're done, when you're feeling full and good. And done. Oh, okay. Um, no, I have other things. I was just going to give um, someone else a chance. Um, so 
Okay, so that's good. Ugh, we have a new mayor, and I just like really hope that he can fix the crime problems. Because <laughs> um, I would like to buy a doctor car, but I don't want to get the doctor car broken into. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just driving like my little my car from residency still. Yeah, um, probably a good investment. Yeah, um, I know. I you know actually when I was talking to you just now, I was thinking I was like, okay, you can't buy the doctor car, but that means you're saving money by not buying the doctor car. So you can have it maybe in a few years when you move to the suburbs. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So last week with Jess, um, with the coaching session with Jess, um, I had talked about um, situation I was having uh, at this new job um, where it's a small private practice. We have our own OR um, in the office, which should be like the ideal situation, but due to monetary issues, they can't have the OR every day. Um, so uh, there's been issues with the head surgeon delaying me by like, like hours and hours whenever I have a case, which is problem for patients. And um, uh, yesterday, the shit hit the fan with that. So it sounds like they might fix the problem. But um, something else that she had said to maybe come back to is, you know, my not feeling valued with the group. So um, uh, so the group is well established, but they haven't had my subspecialty in a few years. Um, I was sort of under the impression that I was taking over a practice when I'm starting new. Um, so another thing that's kind of been frustrating me on like a weekly basis is um, the marketing for me. Um, so what I have done in my old job, because again, I have a very outgoing personality, I really enjoy meeting people, is I would just go around and introduce myself to, you know, like different ERs, urgent cares, different doctors, hey, I'm in town. Um, and it worked really well. I think they really appreciated someone coming. Here, um, we have a marketing person, um, and she is supposed to sort of be coordinating that for us. Um, and ever since I came, I told her, anytime you want me to, anytime you're going out to meet docs, you know, my schedule's not that busy, I'll come with you. Um, they're not going to want to, I mean, I didn't say it like this, but I was like, they don't want to talk to you, but if there's a doctor there, Usually they'll give me like two minutes of their time. Um, over the holidays, she claims she dropped off gifts to like 500 referring practices, um, did not take me on a single one. Um, I've talked to the practice manager about this, who's talked to her over and over. I talked to um, the younger partner about it, who also talked to her and said, hey, you have to get her involved and sort of nothing changes with that. I feel like if the younger partner goes like he did some marketing last week, she will respond immediately to his emails and follow up on everything he's done. I have gone on my own to 12 places in three weeks and there's been no follow-up. Um, so I kind of feel that I'm in this, you know, I'm excited to like start this new practice to build up, you know, what they're missing, but I don't necessarily feel valued by the marketing person either who, um, I don't know. I mean, this sounds so petty, but I was like, you're 26 years old. Why are you not listening to me? You know? Um, I mean, I think she's probably very smart. You know, I, I'm obviously not a partner yet. Um, if the partners want her to do something, she'll do it right away. But if I ask her to do something or one of the other docs who's not a partner do something, she just constantly bails on us or, um, you know, like fake schedules things and then says, oh, sorry, I got busy. I can't come take you, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's really sort of delaying the start of my practice. Um, I don't have privileges yet at the hospital, so I can't take call. 
So the only way right now I'm getting patients is through like, you know, these direct referrals from other doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, what do you see as the problem? You know, it's hard for me to tell if the problem is actually her not wanting to do it or if the partners have told her, well, prioritize our marketing over anybody else's. Um, Cause what I've noticed is so, Um, I was able to make inroads at one of the academic centers, which is pretty tough to do. Um, But I met a doctor there and she, like a primary care doctor, and she has been sending me all her patients. But I don't necessarily think she's been sending my partners her patients. Like she knows I'm there, but I don't know that she really pays attention to the fact that they're there. And I think what happens um, just based on our schedules is that whoever the groups meet they obviously tend to think of referring to whoever they met instead of their partners. So that's why I'm not sure if like the issue is really her not wanting to do these things, or if it's the other two doctors saying, Hey, prioritize us over, you know, the two new people. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like the problem is you're not really sure kind of what communications happened or like where priorities are. Right. And I feel like we're such a small group. It should be physician friendly and we should all be excited that like, here's a doctor who's happy to help out with marketing. Cause I was like, listen, I'm not, you know, a socially awkward nerd. <laughs> I'll come out with you and I'll help you do these things. Yeah. Um, but then it just sort of makes me feel not valued by the partners either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Have you talked to him about it? Yeah, I talked to the younger partner multiple times. The older partner, he's a senior partner. It's his practice. Um, He is like extremely hands off. A lot of the issues we've been having are like how he's running things and not really taking charge of being the doctor in charge. Um, So anytime I bring an issue to him, that's not like direct patient care. It's like, oh, go talk to somebody else about it. Um, The younger partner initially talk to the marketing person and he told because I told him I said I feel like she's not happy with me he said I don't care it's her job so let me know if there's a problem and then I brought up to him that's good to know yeah um but then I brought up to him recently hey anytime you're doing marketing she's following up and then when I do marketing my emails are getting just ignored and he said oh I don't think that's true I don't think she's ignoring you for me whatever whatever and then when he said that I was like oh okay maybe maybe you're not on my side with this yeah, or maybe he just doesn't have the data. Yeah. Right? Because it's, it's, it's one thing to, to, like, interpret his statement of, like, he's not on your side. But a, a, another thing is, like, well, maybe he is. He just doesn't have enough data to, like, know how to help that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just tell him whatever objective stuff I have. You know, I've been to these places. We haven't followed up with anyone. You know, you went to these places. The follow-up happened, like, two days later type of thing. Totally. Because then it's just objective data. Yeah of like, if you have, if you have that, if you're like, Hey, I asked her for this, this didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You asked her for this, this happened. You could be like, well, you know, what are your thoughts on this? How do you see this? Is it, is it surprising to you? Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of like, I'm now I'm not supported and I have to go alone. And you know, cause it's like, maybe, Mm -hmm. but maybe he just doesn't have the data. And is that something you could, you know, provide for him? Because I know the practice manager a few weeks ago talked to her and said, you know, by you not responding to this surgeon, you're making her feel like you're blowing her off. And the marketing girl was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I just, um, uh, I guess they've had some situations where, especially like with COVID, they've gone to places like just dropped in. 
and um, the staff has refused to let them in, um, even with a doctor. And uh, so she claims she doesn't want to waste my time. And I said, well, by not showing up when I have a free afternoon, you are actually wasting my time more. And I also told her, don't ever feel like it's a waste of my time. I'm brand new to this city. I'm happy to like drive around and see things and just like figure out where stuff is. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with this whole thing with the OR and with the marketing that they're not, uh, cause this was, I was actually going to take this job three years ago. So they've been recruiting me for a while. Um, so I just feel like with all this, that they're not really valuing what I can bring to the practice and they're not, you know, valuing that it's good for the business if we get another surgeon busy. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I think just you, you knowing inherently, like your value is inherent in what you are. It's not mm-hmm. based upon whether or not they think you're valuable. Yeah. Right. So you can be like coming from a place of like, this is my value. I want you guys to be so successful. Mm-hmm. with me right because right. if you're successful they're successful it's like a total yeah. win-win right 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 and so just knowing like this is your value it doesn't matter what they think about your value but they are leaving money on the table by not capitalizing on it right right and and then just being very clean of like here's the data this is what i can offer mm-hmm. and not and you know cl- cleaning out your brain of like oh it must mean they they think i'm annoying or they they think i you know, they don't care. Just cleaning out all of that to, to just make your case all the stronger. Right. Um, I guess I'm not sure, you know, cause I kind of feel like a broken record. I mean, for four months, I've been saying the same thing. You know, I, for the first two months was emailing her every week, my schedule and saying, Hey, this is my schedule. Let me know when like a good time is, or if you happen to be going out, maybe I can just join you. Um, so I feel like I have, brought it up repeatedly and nothing's changed. Um, and then I sort of don't know how to go about changing that in my head. Cause I feel like I'm doing whatever I can in terms of my own marketing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I, to me, I'm like, keep doing what you're doing. And then a lot of this is like, if you can think of it as just like you're gathering data, right? Mm-hmm. You're like I'm doing the same thing over and over and over. I'm getting not the result. So how can I change tactics to be like, Hey, I, I've tried this. I want to, to show you I've tried this. What else do you think we can do? Because this, I don't seem, you know, and engaging them and like, how do you think you can help me? How do yeah. you think I can help you? Kind yeah. of all of that instead of like keeping it as the team mm-hmm. too, because that, you know, engaging the partner on it and stuff like this is going to be so awesome for the practice. Here's, here's the data of what I've learned so far about how this is going. Yeah. Because um, we are having a marketing meeting next week. So I'm trying to figure out a nice tactful way of saying it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, inevitably you are going to know best how to do that. Yeah. But it's like, show them what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Show them what you think hasn't been working and like, you know, engage them in the problem solving as an option. Okay. Or, or saying like, hey, how about we change tactic? Because this doesn't seem to be, because you hitting your head over a brick wall, trying to change somebody else's behavior. Ugh. Right. right? That's no fun for, for you. Yeah. Um, so what she does is she sends out an email every week on what she's been doing, like the activities she's been doing. And what I notice is for the other two doctors, for the two partners, I should say, she's 
um, sort of setting up meetings with different doctors the way they've asked her to. And even when I asked her to do the same, it's not happening. So I thought, okay, maybe the way I like to do things doesn't work in this community. That's fine. Let me see what the other docs are doing. Um, but even when I say, oh, can I have the same thing too? Oh, sure. And then it doesn't ever get done. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, to me, I'm like, that's just all good data. Okay. It's just all good data. And, and don't, and, you know, keeping it so, so clean. I'm like, hey, here I asked you and blah, blah, blah. This didn't happen. What do you think that means? Or where do you think I can help out? Yeah. Instead of like, you don't care about me. Like okay. cleaning all that stuff up. So it's just such a clean presentation. Okay. Of like, I noticed that X, Y, and Z is happening. Yeah. And here, here's how many, here's the emails and here's the, your responses. And like, are you seeing it the same way? Or are you seeing it different? Right. Right. It's just such a cleaner way of, and not that you would do this, but like when people are like, you guys don't care about me because I'm a woman and I'm young mm-hmm. and you're intimidated by me. And like, it just, it, it turns out so much worse uh-huh. than yeah. if you're like just super clean. It's like, Hey, right. I've just been, you know, keeping track of how this is going and these are my results. And right. here's my value. Yeah. How can we tell the community about this? You guys brought me here. You took three years to get me here. I'm here. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. and clearly like they care about marketing because a lot of practices wouldn't be even have a marketing person on the payroll. Right. Right. So clearly they care about it. Yeah. We're um one of the last few private practices, small private practices left in our specialty in this city. So, um, you know, we're like the little fish with the big hospitals all around. So we're trying what we can do to survive. Yeah. Type of thing. And I think that, I mean, I'm also a private practice. Yeah. But it's like that is actually a superpower. People yeah. want, especially now more than anything, they yes. want individual human connection. Right. They right. want responsiveness. They don't want the big system that right. they're on hold for two hours and it's yes. a new nurse every single time. And it's like the value that you guys provide, you want to make other people know about that. Right. Because you guys are so exceptionally different. Yeah. Then, you know, the big hospital that everybody's frustrated with right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much superpower in there. It's just realizing it and then using that to your advantage. Right. No. And that's what I've used from a marketing standpoint. That definitely sets us apart from the other groups. Like if the patient calls, they get an answer within like five seconds, you know? Um, And this has also been my point of, if you take me with you marketing, then it's personal, it's face to face, you know? Um, cause you know, anytime, well, almost every time that I've gone, the doctor is willing to talk to me for like two minutes, but when she does it, they don't want to talk to her and I don't blame them. Like if you told me a marketing person was sitting in my waiting room, I'd be like, I have to dictate notes. I'm busy. You know, yeah. but if you told me a doctor was there, sure. Come on back. I'll talk to you. Totally. You know? But. Yeah. I, I think, I think you got this. I think you're seeing yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, how, how can you communicate it? And then stop repeating shit that doesn't work. Okay. And that doesn't mean nothing's going to work, but it's just like any other like job or marketing or business. It's like, see if it worked or not. Change, change something. See yeah. if it works or not. Change okay. something. And yeah. like, that's just part of figuring out marketing too. Right? right. And figuring out leadership of like, did that approach work? No, right. no. Maybe I'll try this approach. Yeah. But I think so many, especially doctors, right? We're like, it didn't work. Nothing's going to work. It's horrible. <laughs> I hate this. 
<laughs> you know, like we're our own worst enemy instead of like, well, this didn't work. What can I gather from it? Let's change tactics and, and realize like, that's what all business entrepreneurs do. Try yeah, something, that, get actually. some data, pivot, yeah. try yeah. something, get some data, pivot. Okay. All that. Be more flexible those things. Totally. And it's way more fun that way too. Right. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. You're like, nothing's working. This is horrible. They don't appreciate me. I quit. Right. Right. Maybe after you've collected a bunch of data. Yeah. Right? Okay. But yeah, I, we're having a marketing meeting tonight for our practice because we've got a new a new guy coming in. Yeah. But it's like all practices do that. Like we've got resources. Where do they go? Is it working? Right. What else can we do? Yeah. And um, as I alluded to earlier, like everything's kind of been a dumpster fire in multiple ways. So I'm also trying not to stress any of the staff out because I feel like they have a lot of stress just for other reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm you know, trying to say, hey, you know, I'm important too, but also not like stress them out about it. Yeah, you know? totally. And, you know, p- part of that is just like talking about it. Mm-hmm. I know we're all stressed. I see you doing such a great job. Yeah. But I want to, I feel like being involved might be helpful to you. What do you think? Okay. Would that be helpful to you? Because let's yeah. try it. Can we try it for two months? See how it goes. We'll collect some data. Yeah. And then we'll reevaluate. And, you know, it's like really bringing them in to like your love of like, I have so much value. I'm so excited about this practice. Yeah. Let's freaking do something. <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah. Cause at my old job, the marketing team loved that. I like went out and did my own marketing. I basically did their job for them. They loved it. And here I'm like, why don't you love it? You know, don't you appreciate what I'm doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. Yeah. Because, because you know, your own value. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's like so frustrating when you're like, I, I, I want these other people to, and uh, it's not working. Yeah. Right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, just viewing it all as like an experiment. Okay. Right. Cause then it, it's so less personal and so okay. less like, that's a good idea. Everything is doomed. This is never going to work. Like we get yeah. into that, like black and white thinking. Yeah. Right. I've tried everything. Have we, have we? Okay. Right. Yeah. That's actually, I think that's a very helpful mindset thinking of it as an experiment. Totally. I mean, marketing's not cutting somebody open, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's way different than that. It's, you know, it's not life or death and there's probably right. 1200 different ways to do it. I know. Yeah. I guess I was surprised that I was basically starting a new practice over again so I'm like okay come on let's go I want to like operate on people I need certain amount of cases for my boards we're not going to get them if we go at this rate so you know I feel like I have other reasons for kind of wanting to light a fire under them totally to get they might just they might not know that yeah yeah I think I'm going to bring that up next. like they have no idea that like listen if I don't get enough cases I might have to leave because the board you know doesn't think I'm functioning well here yeah they just might not have that information of like, why is she so gung-ho? Right. Oh, I had no idea she's under pressure to get enough cases. Right, right. But let's make sure she gets enough cases here so she can stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they just might not know that. Yeah. But no, I like that. I like to think of it as an experiment thing. That's really helpful. Awesome. Have fun experimenting. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks um, for spending the hour with me. Yeah, I was going to say if there's no one else on, I have one more thing I can talk yeah, to you for 13 minutes. Okay. Yeah, let's do um, it. So I feel like a lot of, okay, I haven't done many of the coaching sessions, but I feel like um, 
the ones I've heard have been in relation to like husbands. Um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this because I have a, I guess a situation or a question, but it's with someone I just started dating. So I'm like, well, I feel like when it's with your husband, it's different because you're kind of stuck with them. Um, but here, so I met a guy who like on paper literally matches all my criteria that I have in my head. It's amazing. Um, but you know, in person, he's sort of more beta than I would expect, you know, like as obviously as a female surgeon, we're sort of more assertive and alpha. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, cause I, I do like him, I guess I just never really date anyone who's like a more laid back, less aggressive male before that sometimes that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to see him because I'm so busy. I'm so tired. I'm like, is it because I'm not interested in him or is it because I'm like sort of too focused on the work? And I know that from the other coaching sessions, I've heard that in relation to like the surgeon's family. But in my situation, I wasn't sure how to apply it because this is someone I'm like not married to and not stuck with. You know, it's like I could just leave if I wanted to. Um, so I'm just trying to sort of, is the word parcel out, par whatever the word is, pars out. Um, <laughs> if I am, you know, is it like, oh, I'm just not into him or is it that, you know, I have this new job and I'm trying to make a good impression and I'm like sort of putting too much focus on that type of thing. Maybe. What do you think? It's really hard to say. I mean, obviously no one is perfect, but out of Oof. everyone, what's that? <laughs> Except for female surgeons. Totally okay, fine. that's true. Yes, we're the best. Um, but I feel that, I mean, because I've been dating for like 15 years in all these different cities. And this is, even though it's new, it's the first time a guy has ever talked about the future. Like, oh, when we go travel together or when we do this next weekend, instead of me like begging for their attention, which I don't feel like I should have to do as a female surgeon. Um, so I feel like, it, you know, all those things are really good. But I don't know, is it, you know, like a personality thing that I'm like, oh, you're just like, he's a tech guy, right? So it's like he only owns like hoodies and jeans. And like, even if we go to nice places, he's still only wearing hoodies and jeans. And so I don't know if it's just, um, you know, trying to accept a different personality from someone else I've dated, or is it also, you know trying to focus on this new job that I have to stay in until I pass my boards type of thing. Very understanding of the schedule, which I super appreciate. Um, we're probably not going to be able to do Valentine's day. Cause I'm sure Monday OR is going to be a dumpster fire again. Like not a big deal. I'm like late for everything, you know, cause I'm sitting in traffic or late at work and he never gives me a hard time. And I'm like, these are all good things. I feel like if I was, one of my friends talking about this guy, I'd be like, what are you doing? He sounds perfect. But then in reality, I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I want someone who's like, um, I guess just more on top of things, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I know I've, I've heard of like other surgeons complaining about like their husbands sort of not chipping in the same way that they think they should. And here, sometimes I feel the same thing, but what the difference is I'm not married to the person and it's like a newer relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still, I would just challenge your, like, people are stuck with people. People are never stuck with people. <laughs> like, divorces Relationships can always end. Nobody's What's ever that? stuck. They might think they're stuck, but nobody's ever actually stuck. Like, they're just yeah. choosing to be with these people. Yeah. So I, I would only to, like, you know, 
challenge the thought of like, well, these people is different because they're stuck. Nobody's stuck. They're, they're choosing to stay with somebody that irritates the crap out of them because they're choosing to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think what I'm hearing, but, but correct me is like, you're kind of figuring out like, do I want to give this relationship energy right now or do I not? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way of saying it. What do you think? I mean, I think that if it was one of my friends, cause actually I feel like some of my friends are married to a guy like to guys like him. If it was my friends, I'd be like, are you kidding? He sounds amazing. He's like, not mean to you. He's not mean to anyone. Um, you know, he has a good job. He leaves you alone when you're running on, you know, I'm always late for everything. Um, it's just like a joke amongst everybody. You know, he never gives me a hard time about that. Um, actually, when I was in quarantine with COVID, we had only gone on like a few dates by then. He dropped off like fresh cooked food for me every few days because that he cooked himself, um, which is obviously super nice. So I feel like from the outside, I'd be like, are you crazy? Like a guy cooking for you and delivering food to your apartment while you're unable to? Like, that's amazing. So what's the problem? Um, also, actually, because again, I wasn't expecting to talk about this today. So I sort of didn't have all my thoughts together. I think my concern is because he's more of like a laid back sort of beta type guy. I am trying to, especially in personal relationships, not you know be a bit softer not be like so assertive and so alpha because I can see sometimes it's like not super attractive in a personal relationship but I feel like parts of that are coming out because he's so laid back and I was like well I don't you know I don't want to emasculate anyone I don't want anyone to think I'm like you know the mean bitchy surgeon type of thing and um, now I think about it I think that's what actually yeah is the issue is it's sort of bringing out parts of my personality that I know are not constructive in a relationship. Yeah. I, 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 you could not emasculate anybody. It's up to them. You know, but still. And it's up to their thoughts on (laughs) how your behavior makes them feel. Right. Like you actually don't have the power to emasculate anybody. Just so good to know. Yeah. That's not all on them. You, you can choose how you show up, but how, if they feel emasculated or not by you, that's them. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just, you're, how well do you know the model, the CTFAR? Um, I think I know it fairly yeah. well. So people will be like, you're just a C. You're just a circumstance. Yeah. Everything else is their model. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that might be, might be curious or fun is like, mm-hmm. what if you just decide to love this guy? Yeah. Just love him for who he is. Not, yeah. don't try to change him. Don't try to make him fit your piece of paper of like perfect guy that doesn't exist right like what if you just love him for who he is and let him love you for who you are mm-hmm. see what happens yeah yeah um I've also thought about that I guess the concern is because uh, when my friends were dating guys similar to him they were younger so they had in my opinion more time to figure out if that was the if that would be eventually the person for them and they all ended up marrying that type of guy um but it definitely took a long and they're all they're more like me like more you know um like very career women um but it I know it took them a while to sort of come around to it um for me I just feel like well I'm no longer a spring chicken (laughs) you know it's like um I I don't 
disagree that you should give someone time to like, you know, kind of express who they are. But sometimes I'm concerned, okay, well, I'm not that young anymore. So what happens if in a year I decide, oh, you know what, this is just like this personality thing doesn't work for me. And then I'm starting all over versus if I like decide now and don't waste that time. Yeah. You know, I feel like I don't have time on my side, whereas I feel like my friends several years ago had that time on their side to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would challenge you to be like, time is just time. And you, you being worried about who, what you're going to think in a year can be paralyzing. Yeah. And you're like, well, I, a common thing for me is like, well, when my kids are grown, are they going to think I'm a bad mom now? Like what a worthless thought for me to have. I can't yeah. control that at all. Yeah. Right. But it's like you, you know, being like, well, what am I going to think in the future? You don't know. Right. It, it's probably not a helpful thought. Yeah. So I, I think the, the, you know, the question is like, what's the problem right now? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not love this guy? You know, this is how I explain things to people. He's very vanilla and I'm like funfetti, <laughs> you know? But you have to put the sprinkles on vanilla. Like that's how the cake looks good. What's so funny? Well, my friends actually told me last week and she says, well, you can put sprinkles on the vanilla and you can put hot fudge on it. <laughs> well, and sometimes you need the vanilla to make the sprinkles sparkle yeah. and to stand out and to be the best sprinkles they can be. That's true. Right? I mean, to me, it's like some people would freaking love vanilla. No. If the vanilla is like, I am the platform for your sprinkles freaking love your sprinkles. I don't have sprinkles. I'm vanilla and I love you for your sprinkles. Yeah. Right. Well, they but also, my friends told me vanilla makes good, a good husband. So, <laughs> but I mean, don't love him because everybody else says right. love him. Right. Yeah. It's like, is vanilla right for you? And if you don't know if it is, why don't just go all in on like learning about vanilla? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, whether it whether it happens or not, you will have learned so much about your sprinkleness and his vanilla ish. (laughs) Right. Like an experiment like, well, I've never been all in with vanilla before. Yeah. Maybe it's a great platform for the cake I want to build. Yeah. Because like sprinkles alone is not a cake. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I'm just loving this metaphor. <laughs> this is so great. No, I love it. Um, yeah, because I think actually, you know, the deep long-term thing is I'm afraid of having a boring life, but I mean, I'm not a boring person. Oh my God, you're a freaking fellowship trained female surgeon. You're never yeah. going to have a boring life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And nobody else can make you have a boring life. Yeah. Like I, I, I truthfully, like I'm, I'm married to vanilla. Okay. And like, I think I'm a lot of sprinkles. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm totally like emotionally tied in to be like love the love on the vanilla. It, yeah. You would think about it. Yeah. Right. But it's okay. yeah. But and just pay attention to like, do you try to make other people sprinkles and judge them for not being sprinkles? And what oh, can I you definitely. what can you learn about yourself with that? Okay. Not be so judgy of vanilla. I tried to change my husband in uh, second or third year of residency I was trying to change him because I thought he should be more like me basically yeah yeah and he's like sat me down I just I still remember this for my whole life he's like just so you know you can't change me so don't try yeah and it was like a lightning bolt of like oh shit really yeah yeah 
And like ever, like once I learned that of like, let, let vanilla be vanilla. Cause that's, he likes vanilla. Right. Usually. Yeah. Like that's the life he wants. Yeah. Um, there's just so much growth for you to be like, I'm going to practice loving somebody just as they are just for who they are. That's a very good point. And like, there's so much growth and amazingness and like, I'm going to love you. You think about things way differently than I do. Yeah. I'm going to love you for it. Yeah. Also, I like that you can't have a cake with just sprinkles. You can't have a cake with just sprinkles. (laughs) (laughs) No, but actually nobody would buy it. Nobody would eat it. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. We've, well, we've taken to giving my daughter sprinkles for pooping in the potty. You know, like, I that's what that's sprinkles are used for at yeah. my house right now. Yeah. That's perfect though. <laughs> Who doesn't love sprinkles? So yeah, we're like, we've got a bunch of extra sprinkles and we're sick of buying M&M. So now you just yeah. get sprinkles for pooping yeah. in the potty. Is it working? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I would just, you know, <sighs> some people are like relationships are basically just vehicles for like personal growth okay that's a really good way to look at it and like your brain might tell you because I think I was hearing this earlier your brain might be like listen I've got this new practice I've got to double down on marketing I don't have time for vanilla right now yeah your brain might just be looking for easy or your brain might be saying like I'm not attracted to this dude right we'll see see what your brain's saying yeah but like it might just be Pay, pay attention to what's easy versus what actually creates like growth and connection because they're very separate they can be very separate things yeah okay great well that was very helpful although I think it's yeah I think it's gonna be really good to think of it that way oh yeah so. I mean there's so much to it right like yeah I'd be attracted to vanilla but like loving them like so many vanillas just want to love sprinkles like it's an an awesome combo I mean he's very happy to let me be ridiculous like we went out to dinner the other night and you know it's cold here because I didn't know they have winter and I stood (laughs) in front of someone's table like at their heat lamp and warmed up my gloves and my hat before we walked back home like I feel like other people would be embarrassed by that because I think I'm like an embarrassing person um but he just you know sort of is just very entertained by me (laughs) I mean who would love that that's awesome yeah yeah I would say have fun, have fun, love on the vanilla, get to know, figure out what makes vanillas tick and you just learn something, whether or not it ends up going anywhere or not, you're going to learn a ton. Yeah. Well, I also figure that dating like cinnamon fireball in the past hasn't worked. So maybe this is what will work. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we all just, we all think like how we got here, how we operate in the world. Like we all really think it's the best way. Right. 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 And so then we're like, I should probably find somebody who like thinks that exact. And then you're like, that doesn't always work. Right. Because in the past, I found that those cinnamon fireballs and I, there's like a fight over whose career is more important. But with like the vanilla guy, he's very happy in his career and he, you know, doesn't really care. There's no competition with me. Sexy so. as hell. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks <laughs> for spending awesome. an hour with me. Yeah, no, it was great. So I uh, answered all my questions for the month. So I'm good. Awesome. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. I have a lot to think about and a lot to work on. So I appreciate it. Totally. You're welcome. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.